white privilege looks like this. When I get pulled over by a police officer, whether I think that they are the most law-abiding person or most trustworthy person, I feel safe. I don't feel like I could be murdered, beat down, hurt because I am black, um, arrested for the wrong reasons. I don't feel scared to call the police to my home for something. I feel okay to do that. Get ready to receive your miracle. Whether you desire a miracle in your finances, relationships, or purpose, you'll find guidance here. Miracle Minded is designed to move you out of your head and into the realm of faith, manifestation, and miracles. These conversations will inspire you to move beyond limitation and into alignment with your highest and infinite self. I'm your host, Nicole Sylvester, best-selling author, spiritual coach, and modern miracle worker. But it wasn't always this way. My path was one of violent abuse, addiction, and mental health diagnosis. Terrified of spending my life that way, I turned within and surrendered to miracles. My struggle as a single mama on welfare to building a half a million dollar business, living and thriving in my purpose. Now I'm here to support you in sparking miracles in your life. Are you ready? Let's get started. All right, my friends. So today you are going to hear an episode that is unlike any other episode I've put out. I recorded it yesterday and as I'm speaking this now, it's Friday. You'll be listening to this on a Monday or later. And I have to let you know that ever since I recorded it, I keep thinking, I should have said this. Oh, I should have said that. Oh, I should have included this. Oh, like I'm, I'm having epiphanies and realizations because since then I've been online and just seeing updates and things that are happening. And I wanted to just bring this out and share this part with you. Not because you have to know every little thing that happens in my brain, but for a better reason. It's because I want you to know that the things that I'm sharing are not something that I feel totally readily educated on. I'm constantly learning more and more. And when I talk about white privilege and when I talk about we must not love and light over it, It's because I'm inviting you to have a level of awareness. And I want to remind you that just because you're spiritual, we have so many more emotions than love and light. You know those people that get really angry and then they're like, sending you love and light, like all petty. Like, we don't want to do that with things that are upsetting us. It's okay to feel hurt and angry and frustration and also confusion and not being secure in the words we're about to speak. I want to remind you that in times like now, which is just getting louder and it's becoming more and more clear that all of the white community must stand up and speak up to help our black community and all community. We are truly one large community, but the truth is that there are segments of our communities and the black community in America needs help right now. And if you're listening to me, chances are that you are a 
kind-hearted lover that wants to do good and wants other people to be happy just like you. And we really can't be our happiest, fullest selves while there's suffering surrounding us without us doing our part in it. Like literally it will nag at us and it will make us feel like we are not living in our truth if we ignore those things. So as you listen to me, today I sound a lot more calm because I've taken time off (laughs) and just been in self-care all day. But yesterday I was upset and it's so good to just allow yourself to be what you have to be and what's coming up in the moment because there's wisdom that comes up. There's clarification and information, emotional information and data that's coming up with these feelings. And it can signal us and tell us if it's time to go into action or time to let something go or time to move move towards something. So it's all perfect for us. But when you're listening to this, just know that A, I shared what I know now and I keep learning more. I just downloaded an Audible that I'm going to be listening to, uh, Me and White Supremacy. And I put that link down in the show notes. There's another book that is on my list next that is in in the show notes. Um, These were must-reads as I've learned from my friends that are doing the work and researching and all the things. And I put some other opportunities down below. There's so many. Go find your own. The other thing I want to remind you of that's very, very important is as we are navigating this time and it can feel like, like I did some Facebook lives and I've heard from women that are writing me in my DMs on Instagram and Facebook and they're saying, Nicole, thank you so much. These are white women too. They're saying, thank you so much for sharing this. I've wanted to say something, but I don't know what to say. So I don't say anything. And I just want to remind you that this is not the time to not say anything. When you say something, it gives your, you know, sisters watching permission to also say something. This is the time that we get to come out of the shadows and use our voice and stand up for what's right, for love and for justice. So be open to that. And I would love to hear your experience with this podcast when you're done. One other thing that's important, and this is something I've heard from my friends when I used to ask questions, when I was questioning my own white privilege uh, and what I'm learning from clients and asking them questions and how they're feeling and, and what is important to them and, you know, just getting to know what's happening. It's very clear to me that it is not the black community's responsibility to teach white people how to be kind and how to care and how to look out and have their back and what kind of work needs to be done. Like this is stuff that if we really pay attention, we can see what's happening, right? So let's not act like we don't know how to help people. Let's not act like we don't know how to treat people justly and equally. And let's start looking for what needs to be done by doing our own education and getting clear and paying attention And really having an open heart and having an open mind. It's not that this stuff is comfortable for anyone, but it surely is more comfortable to have these conversations, to make this podcast, to talk to you in my DM or to write a post than it is for 
my son or myself or, you know, someone I care about to be killed just for jogging down the street or for wearing a hoodie and being black or for even committing a small crime. Committing a crime doesn't put you to death. We are not in that those ages, right? Where writing a bad check or stealing a pack of cigarettes, like this is not a, you should be killed on the street because of this. So we really want to be hyper aware and just pay attention to what's going on and do our due diligence as a human to look out for how other humans may be treated poorly and how this has been going on for such a long time. The final thing I wanted to mention that I did not mention yesterday is that this doesn't happen in other countries like this. I have friends and clients that live in Canada or that live in Europe and they're just like, I can't believe what's happening in America. And I want you guys to think about this if you're not familiar with this. I have friends from other countries that are like, I was going to go to America, but it seems kind of crazy. Like it's very racist over there. Like this is the things that people think by watching the media and seeing what's happening over here in America. So we may be very desensitized to some of this BS. And this is why I'm making this pod. And this is why I'll be talking more about this in the time to come, because I don't want us to be, I know I'm not going to be, but I don't want you to be either because you know what? You're here to wake up and being a work miracle worker means that you are doing the work. And that's not just the feel good work. It's also the digging and the exploring and the soul excavating so that you can really be the most highest radiant version of yourself and have the most impact and purpose. All right, my friends, enjoy the show and let me know your thoughts, feelings, and if it speaks to you please share it and get it out into the world because this is important, especially in the coaching, spiritual, personal development community, which is heavily whitewashed. And there's a lot of privilege happening there and a lot of spiritual bypassing, especially when it comes to this kind of stuff. So let's spread the word. For now, enjoy the show. my miracle workers. Today, I'm going to share something with you that is deeply on my heart. And I've been sharing it on social media, but I actually have a friend who just speaks on this topic from a different perspective. That's so great. And she's going to be coming on at a later date. We had to reschedule. And I just decided to hop on and make this pod myself because it's really important. And I do realize that for some people, it may trigger, um, it may make you feel just like, no, I don't want to listen to this, or I don't agree. If you want to be a part of the change with the things that are happening in America, with racism, with people of color, if it hurts you to see it, if you're tired of looking at it, I invite you to listen to this podcast, and take it in. I'm going to share how I actually did not believe in white privilege years ago. And I'm going to tell you how I found out about it, how I realized I was wrong, and why ever since then, that's all I can see. Like I see it everywhere. I think about it even more. And it's social media with the way that we can see things and people record everything where it's just like undeniable. 
like you can't help but see these people that are getting killed by police or by people while they're jogging or teenagers getting shot while they're walking. And as miracle workers, we have a mandate to not only do the work for us, but to shine the light for others. That's my belief. For us to live a fully expressed and successful life in this lifetime, it's never just about us. And you hear me say this all the time. If, I, if you are listening to me when it comes to creating your business, I tell you, it's not just about you. Think about the people that need you. Think about the people that are going to receive your medicine. And when I talk about making money, it's never just about you. I'm like, go and make money because when you have the money that you need and the things that make you feel good, then you can give to others. Then you can circulate. Then you can, you know, share that good. And this is the same thing. We build our platforms and we get to show up and we get to help people. I was just humbled and grateful and I saw the power in it. That, that there, it was about two nights ago, two, three nights ago, I posted on Instagram. And when I was posting it, I was looking and I'm just going to be totally transparent because that's the best way I know how to teach. And when I was posting it, I was like, yeah, this does not fit my grid, <laughs> you know, my Instagram grid. And I don't even know all the hashtags for this, but I'm going to just put it out there and because I feel like it's important and I feel like the people that need to see it or will see it. And I feel like my brothers and sisters of color will see this and know that I stand with them and I want them to know that they're safe with me. And that's the best thing I know how to do. I'm still learning how to navigate this myself. So I put the post out and I was so happy to see the people that were writing me telling me that they gave money. Um, some people were signing up for monthly donations. One of my friends put a $500 one-time contribution to Black Lives Matter. So these things matter. And if I didn't put that post, would they have went and donated the money? I don't know. But I know that my post helped. So what I'm sharing with you is that the things that you post matter. They help. Whether you have 10 people following you, whether you have 20,000 people following you, whether you have 100,000 people following you, it all matters. It all adds up. And when it comes to this work and helping things that have been broken for a long time and systematically painful, like it is those little steps. If I think about a big transformation that needs to happen in your life, like you have to overcome an addiction or a painful pattern in relationships. These are things that sometimes have been generationally or systematically kind of anchored into your nervous system and who you are. It's not always the big transformational things that make that shift. Sometimes it's those little things. It's a bunch of little things added up. Like every day I'm going to do my mantras. Every day I'm going to decide to drink water when I want to go smoke that cigarette. Every day I'm going to call someone I love. Every day I'm going to do forgiveness work. It's a bunch of little things that can lead to a big transformation. This is the same thing with this. It's everybody being involved though. So we need all hands on deck. If you are against racism, if you are against the bullshit. So for me, let's just talk about this with white privilege because I think this, I don't, I'm not going to say, I think I know it can be very triggering and I'm curious 
when you're listening to this podcast as one of my community members, like you are someone I think about, you are someone I care about. I love to know who you are. If you listen to my podcast and I haven't heard from you yet and you haven't introduced yourself to me yet, please do meet me in my Instagram DMs, um, Facebook DMs, but Facebook hides them. Like if I don't, if we're not friends, so email me or Instagram DM me. I would love to know your face and and just know who you are because I think about my people when I'm recording these and I love to see who stands on the side of good when it comes to this. It really matters. So I'll tell you my story. Uh, About, I think it was about seven years ago, probably seven years ago, I was at a woman's group. It was a networking event. It wasn't like a woman's circle with candles and all that stuff. It was called Woman's Night Out. The woman who led it was named Celia. I don't know why her last name is uh, evading me right now, but she had this woman's group. And I thought we were going together to network. At the time, I was working at New York Life. I was selling life insurance and financial products and things like that. And I wanted to network and I did want to meet other women. So I go to this event. I've been to it before. This was my second time going. And this time they said the topic was white privilege. And I was like, what is that? Like, huh? You know? And the women in their group, they were mostly white women. They were um, a lot of UCLA alumni And they were having these conversations and as she was leading it, she would say things like the general conversation was like this. We're white. We're white women. We have a privilege. We've gone to great schools. We have the resources we need and we need to be there for people of color that don't have these resources. And that conversation in that context did not make sense to me. I grew up as a white woman, uh, as a white girl in a neighborhood where I was a minority. I grew up in a town called Coatesville, Pennsylvania, and um, Coatesville, Pennsylvania is primarily black, right? So especially in my neighborhood, it was like, you know, my best friend was black. I just went to the black church with them. Like I just did not know the difference. And it wasn't that I didn't see color. I knew that I was a different color. Kids know that early on, that they're a different color. As soon as Chanel could pretty much talk, she would say, why is my skin brown? Why is your skin white, mom? So we definitely see color. It's just that it doesn't have all the meaning, right? So, and I'm just speaking from my experience. So growing up, I grew up in this neighborhood and I would see my dad. My dad got beat up by the police twice. Uh, one time right in my front yard in front of me, they literally beat him up, tackled him down, handcuffed him. And my dad is like a Sicilian Italian. So my dad was called Spick and racial slurs like growing up. And I just didn't really know what it was to have white privilege, but I still had it. And this is what I'm going to teach you about. So throughout all this time, I also had multiple black boyfriends Um, some that abused me to the extreme, as you may have read in my book and things like that. Now, these men, when, when the cops were trying to find them, especially after the one kidnapped me and did all these things, like there was no violence to them. Um, you know, sometimes they were friendly to them and, you know, it was like, 
they were like almost evading the police. So I didn't realize these things. It just wasn't in my awareness. And I mean, I knew that things happened, but I also saw it happening to my dad. So I just saw it as we don't really trust the police. And that's kind of something that when you grow up in a not so great neighborhood, or if you're living with family members where crime is a way of life, you just don't really trust the police. But what I didn't realize was that this whole time, even while all those things were happening and I was witnessing all of that and developing my own belief systems about it, I still had privilege. So let's talk about what this privilege looks like. After the day that I shared with you that I went to this women's event and I was sitting there and I was trying to tell them, like, I just don't see it. I don't understand how I had privilege. I was poor. We grew up on welfare. Like, my family was struggling. Like, we barely got by. My dad would get beat up by the police. I don't think that I had privilege. But it something, like, that night just sunk in and it got to me. And... I started just wondering, like, why were they so angry? Why were these women so angry? Like, why were they seeing this way? And why could I not see it? What was this? When someone is so passionate about something happening and you don't see it, question it and just say, like, is there something here that I'm missing? Right? So that happened. A few years later, I go to this ayahuasca retreat which is funny enough and I'm at Rhythmia in Costa Rica I meet this woman white woman from New York City and she's awesome like her and I really connected and then she was talking about women wearing their hair in braids in cultural appropriation and why um, you know white women wearing braids a certain way what it does to black women and why we should be mindful of it. And I was just like, I don't get it. Like, I don't, I don't understand. Like I would never be mad at a black woman for straightening her hair or dyeing her hair blonde or whatever. So why like this? Like, I just couldn't get it. I always was like one of those people that just thought, you know, I don't know. I just thought that we all get to do whatever we want. Why not? So I couldn't understand. But that night, I could tell she was getting pissed off with me. And I was just like, why is she so mad? (laughs) Like, I don't get it. And I think this is where we get to just really be humble, but really be mindful at the same time and not being negligent with our ignorance. Being open to why does someone else have the hurt? Why does someone else feel this way? Now, the reason why this white woman was so upset about it was because she, and this is what she shared with me, was... She had a friend back home in New York City that had really educated her on the pain and the things that black women have been feeling for so long. And this is the key, is when you start educating yourself, you start getting it. Because you won't understand from your white perspective. You just won't. I didn't. And I, you know, I have even a unique perspective for a white person. But I want you to know that there's this way of seeing and feeling that when you allow yourself to drop into someone else's experience and you're willing to understand, you will start seeing things. So there's going to be some links that I'm dropping at the bottom of this, 
you know, podcasts and they're for other people. They're, they're educators, black women that educate, uh, black men that educate black lives matter. I donate to two of these foundations. I'm going to choose one more and start donating monthly to a female as well. But I want you to know that we have this duty if you are tired of racism. If you're listening to this and you're like, no, I'm not really sick of it yet. I don't see it yet. That's interesting because you're still listening. I thought by now you would have hung up, but I'm glad you're here. I'm so glad you're still listening. I want to personally speak up on these things because I really want to help us all see on the white side of things that we need to shine our love and light in these other ways. When we are so-called miracle workers or, or light workers, we can get caught up in just wanting to focus on the sexy, the sparkly, the easy, the, the thing that we're meant to do with our brand, to stay on brand strategy, to keep things within certain brand colors and make our Instagram grid look a certain way. And we don't want to make anyone feel bad. We don't want to talk about any negativity. And you're right to a, to a certain extent, right? To a certain extent, absolutely. I agree. If you are just ranting about every other thing, everything. I mean, look, there's bullshit on the news all day, every day. You could find things to rant about all the time. And if you're one of those people that tends to live in the stream of ranting and complaining, you're right. Your business is probably going to struggle. And you're probably struggling in general because you're, you're too tuned in to negativity all the time. And you're not doing it from a productive space. And that's the key, being productive, letting it really be something you're working with. But if you are like me, you are 90% of the time focused on doing the work that you are meant to do, living your assignment in this lifetime. And you might not be clear on what your assignment is yet, and that's okay. And if you're someone that wants to get more clear on your assignment, then you know, maybe you and I will do some work together. But I love this because this is not coming from some, you know, white person that has no problems in the world. I actually got this way of thinking and anchoring into my truth from my teacher, who's a black man, Michael Beckwith. And I asked him, I would feel so distraught and just overwhelmed by all the things that need our help in the world. How do you know who to help? There's human sex trafficking, there's animal rights, there's environmental rights, there's, you know, uh, civil rights, human rights, like there's just, there's so many things. How do we know who to give money to? How do, how do we know where to focus? How do we know where to pour our love? And then not only that, we have to make money, live, survive, and not only survive, thrive. How can we do all this? And this is a common question because I remember someone else asked it by writing the paper for the questions in the meditation retreat. So I've heard this response many times and I've really begun to take it in into my truth. And he would say, focus on your assignment. We all have assignments. We can't do all the things. If you do all the things, you're going to be drained. And I want you to think about that. When you're trying to focus on all the things and trying to put your money in all the places and trying to do all of the volunteering and trying to thrive in life, it ain't happening. There's people on this planet that you can see are so clearly called to be activists. They would have never chosen it. It's stressful. It's emotionally draining. It's physically taxing. It's um, financially taxing. But 
at the same time, they can't help but do it. So those are the people, that's some of the links that I have below. These are some of the people that are obviously called for this assignment. I have a friend that is called to this assignment for LA homelessness. Like, again, there's just so many things. So what I think for this is while I know my assignment is to teach people to move into miracles in all space of life. And that is so important because if you come from a lifestyle like mine, or if you are suffering or struggling, or you feel stuck, or you're just in your head, or you can't get out of survival and you're ready to thrive, yes, shifting into a miracle lifestyle is revolutionary and we need people living that way. That's my assignment. But what I do because that's my assignment, I'm not going to neglect the other things that are calling my heart. So that's why I give monthly to some of the things that really touch me, right? So I'm giving to different animal rights programs. I'm also giving to Black Lives Matter and to other organizations that are fighting these injustices. So we get to put our money to work for us to empower the people that have been called to this assignment. And this is why I want to invite you If you are someone that has been called to share and you have posted on any of these recent black deaths, right? Ahmaud Arbery, the guy that was shot down by two white men just while he was jogging um, or, or George Floyd, you know, this particular one has sparked a lot of outrage. And it's kind of one of those things where they say that white silence is violence. And I, I stand behind that. Because it's the whites in the government and that are in the different offices and that are at the police stations and fire departments and all those things that are violent and that have a level of violence with people of color. There's so much of this that's been happening and it's been happening forever. But now it's being recorded and being spread and becoming viral because of social media. And this is one of the greatest gifts, in my opinion, of social media is what's happening right now. Really grateful for that. So let's just talk about how white privilege can show up in our lives and how I realized it was true because I kind of got off track. But you know what? It's all, all of this is connected. White privilege looks like this. When I get pulled over by a police officer, whether I think that they are the most law-abiding person or most trustworthy person, I feel safe. I don't feel like I could be murdered, beat down, hurt because I am black, um, arrested for the wrong reasons. I don't feel scared to call the police to my home for something. I feel okay to do that. I also want to share just how, how I know racism is alive and well. Obviously, it's like we know that, right? But for anyone that's questioning, and even this blows my mind sometimes. Just when I was a kid, I'm 38 years old right now, right? So while yes, I'm getting a little old, at the same time, that's not that long ago. When I was about 10, I lived in a town called Downingtown for about a year. And while I lived there, I lived in this small neighborhood within this little town called Johnson Town. A bunch of Italian people have migrated there. My uncle and my aunts live there and they actually live there their whole lives. They had an Italian social club there 
And at this Italian social club, there was a pool. So my family would take me to this pool sometimes. And we didn't have a membership there, but my aunts and uncles did. And we had a babysitter at the time that would watch us sometimes, and she did. Now, as I told you, my best friend, Kristen, she was black. Now, we go to this pool, and I want to bring my friend Kristen. Literally, this is no lie. This is a legit rule. No black people are allowed in that pool. And that just, like, stunned me and shocked me. That was the first time I ever realized racism and understood racism, even though it it still didn't really make sense. It was the first time I, I saw, like, wow, we are different. Me and my friend, people look at her different. So those people that made those rules, while some of them may have died off, their kids, grandkids, nieces and nephews, they're still alive. Now, what happens is with racism, like some people can have their own decisions. So, yeah, while some of my ancestors may have felt that way, for me, I make my own decision. So that has shifted with me. And now I have a daughter that's brown. We get to make our own decisions. So if you're someone that's listening to this and you have people in your family that are racist or that use low-key racial bullshit in their daily ways of talking or discriminate in any way, this is where you get to question that. You get to use your truth. You get to speak up and stand against it because maybe there's been something that this has just always been that way, but you have to decide to stand up against hate and that is truly being a miracle worker. And I know some whites are like, well, you know, there's blacks that are racist or people treat us this way or black people kill white people. Yeah, all kinds of people have killed all kinds of people. And yes, there are black families that don't want their people dating whites and, you know, vice versa. Doesn't matter. It comes down to you and you. How are you showing up against the face of hate? How are you going to show up? within the way that you treat others? How are you showing up for inequality and injustice? And that is something that you have to live with in integrity with your own soul. So as I said, you don't have to take it on as your all day, every day assignment. If I did, I would be stressed, struggling and broke because I'm sensitive and the shit breaks my heart. Literally the past 24 hours, I could feel the heaviness. Last night I had to just put my phone away and I take the longest hot bath and just deeply breathe. And then I went to bed reading and still deeply breathing, but I was still thinking of the things that I saw on the internet. And I was still thinking of the feelings of like my clients that are black, my friends on the internet that are black and people that are sharing how they feel scared and exhausted and tired. And I can't just sit back and relax while that's happening and not do a thing. So decide for you, what is that thing that you're going to do in the midst of this? Are you going to speak up on your platform? Are you going to give the money? Here's the deal. If you go on to any of these places that are below and you give even $10, please let me know so that I can give you a shout out. I I want to thank you, but also I want to share what you're doing to inspire other people on my platform to go and take action. So can we come together and really take this action? I don't care if you're giving $10. I don't care if you're giving $5 monthly. Set it up and just know that you are giving with your dollars. You're saying, I'm not okay with what's happening and I want to help. That is how you put love into action. That's how you put money into action. You don't have to always do the work. Your money can do the work for you. 
And then you can keep working on whatever it is that you're meant to do on this planet in this lifetime. (sighs) Let's just all take that deep breath. (laughs) I'm sitting here with my coffee and I just can feel what recording this has done for my body. It is. It is tiring. But I'll tell you what, it's not as tiring and exhausting as what black people are feeling right now. So there's no excuse not to step in and, and show up this way. We can love and light a lot of things, but love and light doesn't always feel like love and light. Sometimes it feels like frustration. Sometimes it feels like fed up. Sometimes it feels like I'm angry and I'm sad and I'm over this. So I'm going to pour my energy and love into something that is going to help. And on the other side of that, yes, there is all of the good feelings. And that love and light is received by the other person that sees that you're standing up for them. That's what... That's what I'm seeing with how I'm showing up in this. And I'm just doing the best I can. I don't know. I'm just doing the best I can. I'm still educating myself. I'm still learning every day. And that's why I'm sharing those resources below so that you can learn and educate yourself as well. So I just want to give you this quick tip that one of my clients asked me yesterday, how can I continue with the program when I feel bad, when I feel all of these emotions from this and I can't get rid of it because I can't stop what's happening. And so you understand her question. She's in money miracles and in money miracles and really in life in general. It's about releasing the things that are not feeling aligned, that do not excite you, that do not bring juice. And we're going through a whole energetic clearing process, mind, mind, body, and spirit. We're only in week one, but she has some personal things happening. Then everything that's happening, you know, that we could see in the news and the media and when you know those things are on your heart, sometimes it's it's challenging to shake it. And it's not always in our best interest to shake it when it's something that's really impacting us. This is where we can tap in and start working with the shadow stuff, really finding peace, acceptance, solutions in what we're meant to do by looking at what hurts. We don't want a spiritual bypass. So I told her that we don't want to just dismiss everything that doesn't feel good. We want to ask questions of it. Why doesn't this feel good? Is there an action that I'm being called to take? Is this something that I meant to look at even more deeply? You know, when we lose a family member, I know that when I was grieving my mom, I can't just say, I don't want to feel this anymore. I'm not going to look at it. Or I'm just going to donate this because this doesn't spark joy anymore. No, it's deeper than that. So we have to have that level of discernment and willingness to do the work. So what I do with, with things like this is I let myself look at it and I let myself feel the pain. Personally, I haven't watched the last two videos of people dying and I, I don't care what anyone else says. I don't need to. I have enough PTSD. I'm sensitive as fuck as it is. I can tell how sad that is. I can cry by just hearing about it. I see the, the photo and it's heartbreaking. So I personally am not going to take my nervous system on that journey. But what I'm doing is acting. I'm going into action. So you get to decide what you need to do. But if, if you feel like you need to look at it to be pulled into action, do it. I've seen so many of these videos. I'm just like, you know, I, I'm, I, it's just no. So that being said, I look at these things and I read about them and I figure out what happened and I let it move me into action. So I'm transmuting what I'm feeling into love and, and into miracles by acting on it. And then I'm calling my people into action. And then after I've had enough of feeling like that, 
I do clearing, you know, like I do the clearing and I go back into what's my assignment. I bring my energy back into place. I do the work to get aligned and I go back into my assignment. So I'm doing it. What I feel like is a productive way of dealing with the hurt and the pain and not getting too sucked in and not allowing myself to go into the stream of consciousness that created that. So hate, anger, uh, violence has created that. I don't want to get too deeply into those frequencies. I want to stay high as I can. This is something else I learned from my teacher is that you cannot solve a problem in the same consciousness that has created it. So all the people that are angry and yelling and acting like this, you know, some of them need to be angry. Being peace Zen is not always going to be the way to solve a problem. We're all in different spaces. But for me personally, I allow myself to feel the things for a period of time. And I know when it's time to get out of it. And this is the same way of how I deal with grief and everything in my life. It's not really compartmentalizing. I feel it's more of a, um, a highly functioning way of transmuting the energy and using my focus and discipline of my focus to be as productive and thriving as I say. And I don't always mean physically productive. I mean energetically productive. So that could be a whole conversation for a whole nother time. I'm feeling called to end this podcast right now. I have to prepare for my clients today. Um, I want to thank you. Truly, I want to thank you if you've listened to this to the end. And if you have received all this information, if you know someone this could help, I ask that you share it. If this speaks to you in any way, shape or form, share it with your community. I know it's not always easy speaking on these things, but I know it's easier than being on the receiving end of these things that are happening out in the world. So this is the least that I can do. I send you my love, my light. I also send my frustration with all of this and just say, if you feel it too, let's do something about it. All right. And in the meantime, stay blessed. Look at what's working in your life. Look at how far you've come. Look at the light. Look at the hope. Look at the joy and spread that as well. But be sure not to turn your head or keep your mouth shut because you're worried about what someone else thinks about you or you think that it may hurt your money or hurt your brand. Know that I am so clear that when I see someone speaking on injustice, I am actually drawn closer to them. I love that Glennon Doyle does this. I love that Brene Brown does this. It makes me honor them and, and respect them so much more. So don't be afraid of speaking up on your truth and know that you can never release someone that was meant to be in your life by being you fully. We need you to be fully you. And if you are someone that does not enjoy hate and crime and violence against people, then speak on that. Let that shine. All right. That is truly being a miracle worker in the truest sense. Love you. And I will talk to you soon. Bye, my friends. All right, Miracle Worker, I am so excited that we got to spend this time together. And beyond that, I'm grateful. It's a privilege to have you here with me. And I want to remind you that you are a miracle and you have direct access to infinite intelligence and you can open up to a radical, unbelievable, supernatural transformation in your life and business. Just that thought in itself can take hold in your subconscious and create beautiful change. 
And that's exactly why I'm challenging you to share this with someone you love today. You never know how one podcast, one message, one video can change the trajectory of someone else's life. And you get to have that kind of momentum in the universe. So take a moment and forward this on to someone you love. And if you feel really excited about it, share it with your Facebook, share it with your Instagram, share it with people and get them to listen as well. Know that the universe always pays you back for the good you put out into the world. So go ahead and get your miracle. Until next time, keep shining, keep showing up and stay open. 